There is a good chance that you're a member of a Facebook group. Maybe you purchased a product or a training program, and as part of that purchase, you were invited to join a private group hosted on Facebook or some other independent platform. Or like me, you may be part of an online community gathered around a shared interest. Now, there is someone who manages that community, and to varying degrees, that role can be as visible or as behind the scenes as designed. That role the online community manager, is what we're going to explore in this episode today. My name's Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks. This is episode 139. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Second Breaks, a show where we talk about the many different ways that we can thrive in our careers, no matter if it's our second, third, or fourth one. Continuing on with Season 4, a series of episodes where we're exploring new careers and jobs that have gained popularity over the last decade or so. Today, we're talking about online communities and the role of the online community manager, a field of work that has definitely been on the rise in the last few years. There's actually more talk out there about what does it take to be a community manager because it's growing in the field. You're seeing people being called director of community or VP of community, especially for brands. We have the segment that we're working in in this online business world with a dedicated community where the appeal is sort of it's a private space for people to come and work. But brands have tons of community, you know, Coca-Cola, and there's a lot of that can be customer service that happens in there or brand promotion and things like that. So in addition to our segment, it is a growing sphere. Now you've just heard Shannon Paris. She is the community advocate at WhatWorks, which is an online community helping small business owners build strong businesses. I've been a longtime WhatWorks member, and I know how well Shannon executes on this role. So I asked her to join me and help me take a peek behind the curtains to get a better understanding of the role and what it takes to be one. So in this episode, Shannon and I start off by talking about how she got started because she was new to this space when this job was first suggested to her. So we talked about what she was thinking then, her initial thoughts about the role, and now three years later, what the job is really all about, and the different parts and pieces of what an online community manager does. We talked about what member engagement is all about and what it takes to make that happen. And finally, she shares her thoughts on how you too could get started if this is something that you are interested in pursuing. So that's what's coming up. But first... Inside Briefing Notes, the 37th edition, the main topic is about self-promotion. It's one of those things, right? We know we must do it, preferably without all the awkwardness. And we're always wondering whether, are we doing enough? Are we doing too much? Now, regardless of whether we're employed or self-employed, promoting ourselves and our work is something that we all need to just get comfortable with. Otherwise, people aren't going to ever know what we're doing or what we're capable of doing or which projects we want to be involved with or the direction that we want to take our careers. This is not the time to be invisible. Well, it's never really been the time for that. But definitely nowadays, we cannot afford to hide uh, or we will quickly get forgotten. So inside Briefing Notes, we link to um, an Inc. magazine 
piece that explains four steps to strategic self-promotion so we don't feel braggy or too self-serving. In addition to this main thing on a newsletter, I just want to highlight three other things that you can find in this week's issue. Harvard Business Review writes about what we can do to find decent mentors in this age of social distancing where everybody's stuck at home. There's also a piece from Entrepreneur Magazine about crafting the elevator speech. Like, what do we actually say in that proverbial 60-second ride? And finally, a step-by-step guide to cold emailing your way into your dream job. Because sometimes cold emailing someone is what we need to do, whatever it takes, right? You can find these topics plus the rest of this week's issue at secondbreaks.com forward slash archive. The latest edition is always at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe. It's free to get briefing notes in your inbox every Sunday. Shannon Paris had been working in the physical retail world for years as a buyer for a global fair trade organization. She had, one might say, a traditional job, working with colleagues and business partners in the office or face-to-face through her frequent business travels overseas. Then, about three years ago, someone she's known from a previous job reached out with an interesting proposition. Tara reached out and said, I have a job. It might not quite be what your skill set or pay grade or hours that you need, but I have this thing, online community advocate. And I was like, wow, what is that? And I'm thinking, well, I could kind of wrap my mind around what is community management. That seems like a logical uh, extraction of some of the things I've done as being a people person. Um, But I wasn't sure what does it mean to have it online? And I, I wasn't familiar with this whole sphere of online business. And it's I'm still learning about it to this day. Three years later, Tara McMullen, my my boss, founder of What Works, um, she was immersed in this world, and I just I just really had no idea what it was. So I was trying to wrap my brain around what is that. Um, but as an extreme people person, I was really attracted to the idea of getting into community leadership and figuring out what people needed to feel like their experience was valuable. And um, that just sounded awesome. That that felt sec- second nature. Um, I am tech savvy. So I was thinking of just like the idea of working online felt like something I could lean into. I was, I knew it would be a transition though. So I was also kind of wondering, well, what's that like to go from working in an office with a hundred people and, and having, you know, chats by the copier and going for coffee downstairs at the kitchen and, and, and having, you know, I would spend a month a year in India and just traveling all around day and night and working. So what would that be like to, to work from home and online all day? So there was, that was big learning curve for me. Probably the most popular or uh, thing that people could think about when we say online community, online groups are the Facebook groups, because most everybody's on Facebook, and most everybody have heard of Facebook groups. So were you thinking about that? Was that sort of like your frame of reference when she was talking about online community? Not really, because I think that is also somewhat of a online world perception. 
I, I mean, I belonged to Facebook groups, but I didn't think of them as a thing, you know, but once I started looking into this job, I started to realize like I had been a member of online groups before. Let's start with Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) And I did, I had started my own Facebook group and I did belong to some, but I didn't think of it as a thing. So I had no idea what online community management would look like getting into it. I see it now, how it's a component, especially of a lot of online businesses. And I see how it's a great, easy way to like organize around a shared interest. So yeah, it sounded really new. It sounded different. Um, I'd been in an organization that was established in 1946. It was a big giant organization that was a really hard ship to move. And so the idea of doing something that had a forward looking element to it, you know, that sounded innovative and on the front end of where community might be going just sounded really intriguing to me. Typically with online only roles or businesses, I sometimes find it hard to explain what it is that you do to folks who aren't as involved or aware of the online business space. So I asked Shannon how she describes her role as an online community advocate to others. Yeah, it's a great question because I know, like, for instance, my parents and my friends, they don't know how to tell anybody what I do. And and I still, like, for the layperson, I will sort of break it down almost into a, like, I manage an association. And on, like, I that for our community serving business owners, for, for someone who's just so far outside of that world, I'll sort of explain it like I manage an association. I make sure everybody has what they need. I work with small business owners to help them develop and grow their businesses. And I'm just making sure that they feel welcome and, and have what they need to succeed. Like a member manager, you know, like if you think about the Chamber of Commerce or AAA, that kind of trade association or association in general, and just thinking about managing all the because people have a membership. So there's expectations around that. So helping them get what they like want. Like the out onboarding of that. part, making mm-hmm. everybody who joins the, the, the network, the team, the group feel welcome, that they belong and all that kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's how I explain it. And, and you are exactly right. That's what I do is as people come into the online sphere, it's the same principles in the real world as it is online. It's just, you have to, just like we're learning nowadays with events that have moved from, the real world to our virtual space. Like, how do you still make people feel welcome? How do you help them feel they can engage, that they're contributing and that they're getting something out of it? The best or the easiest pivots to navigate are the ones where we're leveraging our strengths. So even though the world of online communities was new to Shannon, there was something about her past experiences and most importantly, her strengths that she knew she could lean on. People-wise, I felt prepared. Navigating relationships, dealing with customer service type questions. I love to help people. So that that was not a big shift for me in, in, in any job I've ever had, any business I've ever had. Helping people get what they need is is top of mind. So once I got in, the big focus was learning the soft, software and the platforms. So really, I felt comfortable with the people piece of the puzzle. So it was like, um, you know, what is the platform that we host our community on, which is Mighty Network. So it was my job to get in there and just learn every feature of the cor- I mean, I was in every corner. You know, it was like I was in a new, like I had to manage a new house. 
or a new office building. I was the new facilities manager and I just was exploring every corner, every feature, every click just to see how it worked and watching how people engaged and where things were getting traction and where things weren't and coming up with ideas. But then on the back end for me too, working in a business remotely also had, um, you know, things like Asana at the time we were using, and then we ultimately switched to Notion. Um, Slack is a communication channel. So coming from a corporate background, traditional, like, you know, email users, and that was our role. So switching over to Slack, which is more instant kind of communication, which we liken to walking up to someone's desk and saying, hey, can I ask you a question? Um, so, you know, just sign some of those switches. Um, but it's been amazing how easy it is to do, how straightforward it is to have a whole remote relationship with your team. I love it. So... As the name of the role implies, community advocacy or community management is, well, <laughs> community facing. The nature of the role is public facing. But it's not like Shannon talks to people all day long, all the time. So I asked her to talk a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes, the parts and pieces of her role, the parts of, of it that are more people facing or public facing versus the parts that are internal or administrative in nature. I would almost put it at half and half. And I, that might be depending, you know, there's very public forward facing sort of posting and engaging in the community. But then there's a lot of email exchange outreach. So there's the public stuff that's online, that's in the forum that, that we're engaging actually in the online community. But then there's a lot of um, email exchange around outreach, organizing people to help with events or, you know, guest on the podcast and things like that. Um, and then just customer service stuff, um, you know, a lot of like little nitty gritty details around membership and things like that. So I kind of consider all of that sort of relationship because it's all engaging with people and it all involves, you know, like thinking through what that connection looks like and how you want to communicate. So I kind of put that all in one bucket, even though you might see some of that as back end stuff. Um, and then admin-wise, there's things like uh, keeping up our editorial calendar, which is really the piece of the puzzle that sort of organizes all of our work, the team's work, and so that we all know every day what we're doing. And then translating what's on there, whatever I own on that calendar, into a public-facing piece on the network, you know, publishing a post or publishing an event um, and or and then being prepared to host that event. So yeah, I would kind of divide that in half. Yeah. Oh, is there an element of the role that you'd rather not be there or the, the, the parts of the role that you find most challenging? Right now, because of the scale of things, and this is part of what I love of working for a small business, a little like the startup sized business, is you kind of get to do everything. I kind of love that. I love that because it adds such variety to your day and your week. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll help work with Tara on vision. She sets the vision and then I'm helping to set the strategy with her to see what that would look like. And then we're talking about getting a plan together and then we're implementing. So I love that. And, and I even love, I am, I am someone who could sit down with a list of things to create data entry stuff. Like I can do that. Sometimes I just like want to check things off a list. I love it. Um, 
So that's what we are right now, but I can envision growing as we grow into team leadership. I love as an extrapolation of loving to work with people. I love working on teams for the collaborative aspect of it. And I also love nurturing people into their own career development. So that's where I could see it could, could easily release some of the easily documented um, nitty gritty details on the back end so that I could focus on team development and things like that. One key component of Shannon's work is owning and executing on engagement strategies. After all, onboarding is simply the start of the ongoing relationship with community members. It's the ongoing engagement of the members that will determine whether their needs and expectations are being met, and ultimately whether they will choose to remain with the community. But encouraging and maintaining active member engagement can be the most challenging part of the job. It's not easily achieved. Having been a longtime member of What Works, the online community where Shannon works, I know how active this community is. But this isn't by accident. There's a lot of intentional work done behind the scenes to make this happen. I think it's really, it's, it's iterative. So you're always working on and always listening to your people to see what it is that is going to help them. What problems are they trying to solve? Um, so inspiring engagement is as much about listening as it is about pushing out content, right? So I think that's important. And also just thinking about what have I learned along in this it along this journey in this job in particular, it's, it's sort of, um, one thing is the why, why do people come together? So just always be learning about why do people gather? What problems are they trying to solve as, uh, as they come together, but also the how that it's strategic, that engagement doesn't just happen. You just don't open the doors and the people come in and they start talking (laughs) and they start talking. You have to build a container and you have to turn the lights on and show them the way. So I think that's what we do. Um, and we're continually refining that is, is have a strategy. So it, it is strategic and it is, and it, you can therefore thinking you have to be there all the time and answer questions all the time and have to manage and moderate all the time. I don't think that's true. I think you can easily create a structure that is batched out and has points of engagement a lot of community is about ritual building. So put your points of ritual building in, whether that's the Monday check-in or the Friday check-in and points in between. But that's why we do a, a little extra work to get it like a solid editorial calendar in place. And then we can set that and forget that, so to speak, for a time. You know, it's always iterating, but but the benchmarks are there for us t- to have operations that support engagement. So it's not just like, it's not like you throw a party and you just start talking. That's a great analogy. And I know um, Tara's a big fan. I'm still in the process of reading Priya Parker's um, The Art of Gathering. Um, But yeah, she talks about it being a party. And we've talked about it that way. We talk about um, our our main community being a great hall. Mm. And then we talk about our little, our smaller groups being like, you know, little conference rooms to the great hall or, you know, that you're, you're getting into smaller and smaller rooms, but absolutely a host doesn't just 
invite people over and then not do anything. You go to the grocery store. And I think something that Priya Parker talks about that, that we talk about too, is setting a purpose. And she uses baby shower as an example that when she was having a baby, they were going to have a baby shower. And she was just like, why are we doing this? Like, why are we playing games? What do I really need to feel equipped to move forward and, and support this baby? And so, so think about your party and just because there might already be a form out there that says what the party looks like, what, what do you really, what do you want this party to do for you? And then what do you do? For the person who's listening right now and thinking, you know, this is a space I want to get into. Maybe it's internal to the company that she or he's working with, or maybe raising their hand and saying, could I be the community manager for a Facebook group or something like that, right? Mm. And they want to, you know, put themselves forward for this opportunity. What would you suggest? Where do you think they should start? Or what would be your best advice to them? Uh, There are communities about community management. There are companies out there that are doing that. So you have like Mighty Networks, There's CMX with David Spinks, who's a huge community leader. They have a Facebook group, and then they have a higher-level kind of um, pro-private community. Um, Vanilla Forums is another one. So I would start start researching who's out there doing it. Higher Logic is another one. Some of them are platforms, or a lot of those actually are platforms also, where you can build an online community. So getting involved, sign up for their newsletters, um, sign up get in any of the communities that you could get into just to sort of learn more about the industry um, and join communities and observe. Now you can join communities that are about community management or just join communities that, that uh, revolve around your interests and take note of how do they observe or excuse me, how do they onboard people? How do they welcome you in? How did you feel in that process? How would you want someone to feel? What seemed missing to you? What seemed present for you? Because that's what I did when I first started this and was just getting involved. Like I said, I didn't, when I started to think back, I was like, oh yeah, I belong to communities since the internet started, but I hadn't really thought about it. So taking mind of what that looks like. A lot of times I think, um, out in the world, there can often be a um, tying together of social media manager with community manager, but I think they're two very different things. And I think it's important, if like uh, advice that I've seen out in the community manager world is be careful that you're not being hired to be a social media manager. Like make sure those job descriptions are clear. That is interesting. Yeah. Because sometimes I've seen a lot of jobs offered for social media manager and community manager, but just be... Those are two different things. They are, but they're, I think, because it's Facebook groups or it's brands, so it's more public facing. But I think you still want to be mindful of how those job descriptions are laid out and that the resources and space are given to owning how to build engagement strategies and things like that. If you were to do it over, would you rather build a community from scratch or would you rather uh, join a community that's already been built and be their community advocate or sort of similar to what ha- had happened to you? So it's kind of a hybrid of that, in my opinion, of 
what works because Tara had community built around her offerings for years. There was community components to it. And she did establish this. It was called co-commercial then, of course, but now it's the what works. She had established that shortly before I came in. Adding the community manager role was strategic in taking the community to the sort of a next level. That's another delineation, the community around the product. So lots of people probably have an experience where they purchased something. Oh, and you can join a group and it is the community around that product that you just bought, right? Versus a community that is, that's, we are together because of our shared interests, not because we purchased anything or, oh, well, we have a membership, but that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Segments almost Mm -hmm. like that's what, what works is versus like say a brand, or I should have built it. That's exactly right. Another step of that is that person with digital offering or course or member. Um, yeah, that wants to build a community around that, that product. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, clearly there are many different ways to, uh, be part of this growing, uh, field of work, right? <laughs> this is, yeah. yeah. And I think, so it isn't just engagement. It isn't just the nitty gritty. It's not just strategy and operations. It's culture banking, right? And so I came in at a great time with what works because it's so iterative. I've been able to help pin down and help write the DNA our cultural DNA, which has been so awesome. I love that. That's the container that you build so that when people walk in, they have a light shining to show them which way to go, you know? So yeah, I I think coming in on the ground floor of something is super fun to think about how you would write that culture. As we wrapped up our chat, I asked Shanna what she's looking forward to these days. So at at what works culturally, um, what we're looking at is sort of rolling out some changes that give people some more, um, a little more structure, a little more guidance, as I said, as you come into that hall, some, some benchmarks of where the journey is going to take them each month, take them each month. Um, so I'm excited to see how to, to work on the implementation of that. And I think that somewhat comes from hearing that's based on what we're hearing from people. We want a little more structure. I think having a little more certainty in the place where you go to get support is what's needed right now. I think, I think we would have headed in this direction anyway, but I think it feels really resonant right now with, with the uncertainty in the world. Um, so I'm really excited as we're working on the details of that and we're kind of beta testing it with just our members in August and then we'll start rolling it out publicly So yeah, that's always fun. Building something new is always fun. So working on that. And personally, um, at the beginning of the year, pre-COVID, I moved to, uh, it's new to me, but it's uh, built in 1840 home. um, And it's in this sleepy little town, two blocks. I'm looking down at the river. Um, So it's just been wonderful to be out here near nature and working on the yard and hanging out on my porch. So I'm just nesting. I'm loving that house and introducing myself to the neighborhood and bringing my people into this neighborhood. So that's awesome. Building a new community. Yeah, exactly. A real world in real life. Well, Shannon, thank you so much. I so appreciate you sharing the behind the scenes of your work with me today. 
I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Shannon Paris.、Um, you can find out more about what works at explorewhatworks.com. Now, we mentioned a number of things on this episode that's worth linking to. So, for all of the links and the highlights of this episode, head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or like listening to the podcast, please share it with your friends. Tell them about this episode or about season four. They're going to thank you for it, and so will I, of course. It helps tremendously when you help spread the word. Next week, we're going to turn our lens on the role of virtual assistants, and I'll be joined by Janice Dallager for a look see behind the curtains of this role. The best way to not miss that episode and all future episodes is to subscribe to the podcast. And you can do that now using whatever app it is that you're using right now to listen to this episode. Or if you happen to be listening to this on the website, if you look right around the audio player, you're going to find some options for podcast apps as well. Okie dokie. I'll be back next week with Janice Dallager. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans. <laughs>